Fuckity fuck fuck fuck. <laughs> Shit. We uh we have a great guest on the show today. Yes. Riley Shanahan coming yes. back on. <laughs> Robot man himself. And exactly. uh there is a lot of F bombs. Yeah. Uh, just be pre warned, there is a lot of F bombs, but a lot of fun, man. Yeah. A lot it's a great conversation, a lot of great stuff about Doom Patrol and getting a little deep into method acting and like what it's like on set and yeah. just a bunch of fun stuff. Yeah, man. and I mean we talk about the importance of season two of Doom Patrol as well, about how they kind of in a roundabout way, because the show is absolutely wild, but yeah. in a roundabout way attacked like mental health and attacked like uh, dealing with stuff in people's past and how to come to grips with that. So I think even though the show's fucking wild, but it's a great way to like shed light on important topics. It is. It is. Yeah, so. but that is later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 125 this week. That's yes. a huge milestone. That is. That's a big number. Hell 125. Yeah. It's insane. It, I, I mean, really, it just like, I can't believe it's already been 25 weeks since the 100th episode. I know. That is insane, y'all. We're just like, yeah, flying this, by this man. year, man. Uh, fucking COVID. I, I blame COVID <laughs> it's completely. True. It's true. Like, it is just taking everything. But I mean, you know, your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? Oh, boy, oh, boy. We got a lot to talk about. I'm sure everybody has seen. We teased it on our social media platforms. But I mean, Fresh Prince. Coming at it from a dramatic standpoint, yes. we'll be talking about that. Yes. Uh, we'll be talking about Warner Media's huge layoffs and mm. what does that mean for DC Universe as well? Because I mean, they're somewhat connected and somewhat not connected. It's a little yep. weird. It's a little weird. It's a little but crazy. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, and just so much more. Nickelodeon, Netflix, Sony, like all this crazy shit apple like but yeah we got a, we got a lot on this plate we got a lot on the plate uh but you know before we get this thing started be sure to head over to our website crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear we have new we have new gear up on our website right now available to purchase and of course if you are watching the youtube video you can see the official crazy ant media logo on the shirt you see the hats you see the shirts like i said and i mean just everything is amazing Everything is amazing. So go high quality, exactly good stuff. Be it, sure I mean, to go to the website and start rocking some shit. Yes, uh, but you know we gotta gotta tone it down a little bit. We got some sad news at the beginning. Yeah, yep. Lost a pioneer yeah. in the in the entertainment industry, guys. Uh, Sumner Redstone. Why does that name sound familiar? Sherry Redstone, the current head of Viacom CBS. That's her father. Yeah. Um, and was basically just responsible for everything that you kind of see right now with all these merged conglomerates, these giant studios that have all you know come together. It, it, he's basically the guy that started all that. He basically, I mean, he took his dad's exhibition company movie theater chain okay and turned it into this huge empire national amusements holding which now is the holding company that you know owns the majority of the stock for viacom cbs right well back in the 60s 
he was one of the first guys to take that chain and kind of make a concerted push towards, you know, building this empire. And he was really the guy responsible for cineplexes. Like, hey, why do we have just one movie screen? Why can't we have 10 in the same building? And he was really the guy that kind of moved forward and pushed and made cineplexes and giant movie theaters happen. Um, so, yeah, he did that. Then he ended up buying a whole bunch of stock in 20th Century Fox and MGM and Columbia Pictures. That wasn't good enough, though. So he sold all that back for a profit and said, I want my own stuff. Yeah. Right? So he went out after it. He bought up Viacom first, which, of course, when you buy Viacom, he got MTV, VH1, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, BET, just all kinds of stuff that Viacom owned, right? Okay, all right. That was kind of good. He was settling a little bit, but (laughs) mm, no. So then eight years later, he aggressively went after Paramount Pictures. Because you need a film studio also, you know. TV isn't enough. So he did that, and then he accumulated CBS. Hence the first major merger conglomerate, right? He's got Viacom, he's got Paramount, he's got CBS, all under one roof. He coins the phrase everybody's like keen of now, right? Content is king, which is what we're going to be talking about all through the industry news with the streamers, right? Content, 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 content. So that all goes down. Then he seems like, you know, he's like, eh, if I come, stock's not as much as I hope it would be. Whing! Spins off CBS into the disaster that it became under Les Moonves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a huge success for Les Moonves early, but then we all know how that ended. Yeah. He gets into some trouble. Some women come out, you know, kind of a thing. And the daughter kind of defends him, but takes over everything, brings CBS back in. And you guys know the rest. It's Viacom CBS now. Sumner kind of stayed in emeritus uh, role um, until he passed. It was 97. and um, But anyway, yeah, just significant because like we said, you know, with all the things with the cineplexes and then the major mergers of conglomerates and everything, none of that really happens without this guy forging the way. Yeah. So just amazing, man. Yeah, and I mean part of it goes back to, um, I mean, with a whole lot of different things that people have come out with people about. Um like, you kind of just want to acknowledge the work, and especially if they're like a pioneer like himself and paved the way with some amazing things, taking all these different companies, merging them together, and then building them up, basically. So, right. I mean, in the business world, he did some amazing shit. Right, so. and and the future, the, the, the Hollywood that we know now, modern-day Hollywood, is because of this guy. Exactly. So, you know, it's hard to, uh, to you know, knock his accomplishments when you think about some of the stuff that came out towards the end of his life. Yeah. You just can't, but you cannot take away what he meant uh, to, to the industry. Yeah. So, you know, wishes out to his family and everything. We should say that the stock saw a huge leap uh, because they're really interested now what Sherry's going to do. She inherited all of his stock yeah from amusement uh holdings so <laughs> now she's got a really large yeah. block of uh viacom cbs yeah she's loaded um yeah so <laughs> we'll see we'll see how that all plays out man hell yeah definitely definitely well i mean you know we got to start off with disney disney's yes. fucking mega mouse house who you already know we love them <laughs> Um, Disney Television Studios is rebranding uh, its trio of studios, uh, completely getting rid of, of that Fox name. That's like, right. Just That's cut right. it off. 
Cut they, it off. They did it with the film stuff. They right away with the film yeah. companies, but you know, it kind of lingered with the TV. But so. yeah, exactly. What? So it's going to be twentieth television now, right? That's Something right. like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Twentieth television. Um, ABC Studios is going to become ABC Signature, mm. which they've used before, but now yeah. it's just like definitive. And then uh, this this is what's really cool. Fox Twenty One Television Studios has been renamed Touchstone Television. You guys remember Touchstone? You might that might sound familiar because back in the eighties, under Eisner's run, they had Touchstone Pictures. Yeah, it was kind of that like that name that they spun off of the Disney brand so that they could make like R rated movies, but not have it fall under Disney. So they're bringing Touchstone back and they're putting it onto the television side. So that's where that comes from. Right, and uh, it should be branded immediately. Immediately. Anything you start going you know, forward, you're going to see these new brands on. Old shows will still have the old little plaque on the end of it, you know, but um, moving forward, it's, this is what it's going to be. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, after the merger, Disney's obviously the bigger fucking company, and I mean, you get more word of mouth, I feel like, with Disney, so might as well put like their brand on their shit. Absolutely, I mean, and, so. and Rupert was adamant. It's actually written in the deal. Rupert wanted Fox removed from anything that Disney owned because he oh, didn't wow. want the confusion of because remember he still holds some fox stuff yeah and he and he didn't change the name so he's like you can't have fox so yeah i mean it all makes sense it all makes sense definitely definitely and disney is super excited about the theaters opening in the next couple weeks apparently (laughs) yeah i mean they're like sell 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 but because a new mutant is going to be like the first is supposed to be tenant but apparently new mutant is going to be the first big film that is going to be available to watch once these open and so last week they sent out a email to all of the theaters everywhere and saying that please be sure to pre-sell as many tickets as you can for yeah. new mutants so that as many people can go see this movie. Now, it, it this is ironic to me because this is a movie that has been so beleaguered and so beat up yeah, and so rumored sure. to like, oh, it needs reshoots or, oh, it's this or, oh, it's that. And it's been delayed like 572 times. Yeah, at least. So the fact that it's the movie that will now be the first big theatrical release when the U.S. theaters open. It's just ironic. I know. You know? This one couldn't find a release date for like three years. Now it's the first one. Yeah, so. I mean, this is a good one to test the market with. Mm. Like, I believe this is the perfect one. Like, what, what we said with Mulan and, like, Black Widow and shit, like... Of course, you're scared to put out those huge mega tentpole movies. And I mean, this one is a tentpole movie. It is. But it's also, I feel like, a good testing film because, like like you said, not a lot of people really have faith in it anyway. So, I mean, put it out there and see if people will go see it. And right. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm really interested to see how many people actually go to the movies to see this film. Me too because it's um – in all essence, the definitive end to the Fox X-Men movies. Yeah, that's this it. This is like the last one. You know, so if for anybody who didn't know, the New Mutants are affiliated with the X-Men. Yeah. So, um, duh. Duh. Uh, like, <laughs> come on now. So it's the definitive end of kind of that run. Yeah. And so will we see some of these characters pop up over into the MCU? Will that transition be like kind of it is or just – we don't know. So, yeah, like you said, it's going to be a really good test run. Hell yeah, man. It really is. And I mean Disney, while not – greenlit this project yet they are talking about a third tron movie and apparently jared leto has signed on to the project and well he's been signed on since 2017 but now he's kind of flipped gears a little bit and going on the producing side as well maybe to get a little bit more traction underneath it but to be honest in my opinion i don't think we need it 
Well, well, yeah, yeah, and the reason it stalled for a little bit is I guess the original director dropped off, but now they've got a new one. Garth Davis has kind of signed on, so that's kind of pushed it forward again. And I mean, I agree with you. I don't think we really need this. I mean, I'm a huge '80s guy. You guys know, so obviously, I loved Tron, the original. Um, I wasn't a fan of the the sequel uh, as much as the original, and so this one, I don't know. But for anybody out there wondering, maybe it'll be okay because apparently it's going to be a standalone. Interesting. Uh, from, from what yeah. we're reading, this will have nothing to do with the first two Tron movies. This is going to be all in its own kind of self-contained storyline. Oh. So, I mean. Maybe that helps. Maybe it doesn't. Right. I don't know. I, I feel like Jared Leto just really likes these sci-fi, like out there movies because uh, he was attached to and starred in uh, the new Blade Runner movie as well. That's right. So I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens moving forward. It is a developing story, and we will keep on top of it. That is correct. Uh, this next one is very interesting, and I don't know if I would go with this casting because mm. it's pretty weird. It's mm. pretty weird. Uh, but Zac Efron has signed on to star in the remake of the 1987 comedy, Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby. That's right. You heard it right here. <laughs> That's right. You did um, not You did not like deceive your ears. That, no. that is correct. Yeah. You remember that one? Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, and Ted Danson. Yeah. Remember that back in the day? So good. Well, my question is, which one is Zac playing? You know, which role will he be taking on out of the three men, first of all? And then... Who do we cast around that? Yeah. Like, who are the other two guys? I, yeah. I, I just... Mm. I, and I just, it's really weird. It's really weird because, like, I feel like all three of those actors back in the 80s were a different age, at least 10 years older than what Zac Efron is now. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm very confused by this decision. One, to remake it in general. Two, to cast Zac Efron. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of people uh, post pictures with uh, his mustache, Zac Efron with the mustache, so That's maybe right. he plays like the Tom Selleck character, uh. but still, I just, I, this is, why do you keep doing this, Disney? We love you. Right. We do. But right. why do you keep doing this? Like, they're classics. You don't have exactly. to do it. I mean, again, I love the 80s. I was a fan of Three Men and a Baby. Like, the most interesting thing, remember, that everybody remembers about Three Men and a Baby is ghost. the ghost in the window, like. right? The kid in the window. Is that going to be back? We don't know. We don't know. But I, here's a little piece of advice, and I, th- I think J-Lo will agree with me. Disney. Disney. Zach Efron as Human Torch in the new Fantastic Four in the MCU. Yeah. Let's just move that direction. Go that and, you know, Go that way. There's so much you can utilize Zach Efron for in the Disney world, if you will. No pun intended. Um, but just this one, eh. yeah, I, this is completely unnecessary. <laughs> and in my opinion, it's kind of a cry for help when it comes to original movies for their uh, streaming based mm. service because this is coming out on Disney Plus. Yes. So, like we said, um, so eh, eh, like you're doing so well with the television on Disney Plus, you don't need this. You That's right. Don't freaking need this. Uh, next one, I'm by. I'm not surprised by this because the Lego universe has been super huge, like over right. the past decade, kind of. Yeah. Um. So now Disney announced that the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special will debut on Disney Plus November seventeenth. Um. I'm not surprised at all, and set after the events of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. It's yes. going to be a 45-minute special following Rey and her further investigation on the fourth uh, that launches her and BBA across history of the Skywalker saga. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, like, so, yeah. 
I wonder if like Ray's character will kind of like flash back to certain events. I I, I would guess so. And then see, I, I they did this before with the original cast, and it was a bit mixed reviews. People were like, "What the fuck is yeah. going on?" In that one back then, they they also that was the first time that we saw Chewie's homeworld yeah and like family and, and and you know and stuff like that apparently they're gonna do that in this one too they are gonna come across uh kashik which is chewy's home planet yeah so i don't know if that he's bringing them back there so you know we're gonna see a little bit of kind of like a throwback to the first star wars holiday special but yeah. um yeah i'm not sure I, I mean i love the whole legos thing i love all the legos movies i think it's really cool and fantastic yeah. and different um i'm not sure i would have picked the holiday special to me yeah <laughs> it's know? very definitely it's based for the children yeah like, there's you know, no way I mean, like if you want to do a lego star wars thing that'd be badass go for but it, just like, like the holidays yeah special? like you already did the games with the lego universe yeah, like so i, I mean just... if you wanted to go forward with that that'd be kind of cool but like <laughs> yeah this is it's an interesting choice it's an interesting choice but who are we to say anything because like we said disney has a plan and they have a plan. we're always interested to see how their plans turn out well and we know for disney plus that plan is star wars everything because yeah. all of the marvel shows have been delayed exactly so you know exactly and i mean going to the next one yes. uh, adria arjona there you uh, go. has been cast in the upcoming star wars series cassian andor uh at disney plus she joins previously announced lead diego luna and alan tudek uh both who will reprise their roles from the star wars film rogue one That's so right. interesting i mean i know they were talking about doing their own like sequels and shit with the rogue one series and so i'm i would like we said before the future of star wars is definitely definitely in episodic form so uh, i think this is a smart move i do too because like you said there were rumors left and right that they were going to do a sequel to rogue one and clearly they have decided to move forward with the rogue one timeline yeah just on Disney Plus. Yeah. And I like that though. Her character is uh, being kept secret under wraps. No. We don't know who she's going to be or who she's not going to be. If you're not familiar with the name, you've seen her for sure. She oh, was yeah. in uh, Six Underground most recently. And if you've seen the trailer for uh, Jared Leto's Morbius, you know, the Spider Man spinoff, that's the chick there. Yeah. She, she's, she's badass. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited. I just love this world. We also saw rumors that possibly a young Luke Skywalker is going to be showing up in Mandalorian yeah. season two. I just. I really like that that the future, like you said, uh, of Star Wars is Disney Plus right now. I, right. I love that. Yeah, and I mean it's really interesting too because I'm I, I'm really freaking. I wonder how they're gonna play that off because is they're saying that didn't the Mandalorian take place after like the death of Vader and like everybody like took back and shit? So Luke would already be like kind of established. So I'm really interested in that. And then with this, uh, the story on hand that we're talking about, um, they died at the end of Rogue One. So this is right. gonna be like a prequel to that or did they die exactly like I, I think it's more of a did they die yeah. i think that that kind of a thing and um yeah that, it's a solid point about luke i'm wondering if they're gonna do it like they did with with mando himself is it gonna be some sort of a flashback yeah to during the clone wars with a, with sense. a young luke yeah um yeah so i i don't, I don't know man I, it's i don't know i know right everything's so up in the air but i mean with fox uh all this crazy shit is happening uh they are now launching their first digital short series the network has given an eight episode series order to bucket list bristow yeah yeah or bistro bistro Bistro. (laughs) everybody knows that's right hosted by kim possible 
All yeah, right, no, yeah. I'm not even kidding. It's uh, Christy Carlson who voiced uh, Christy Carlson Romano who voiced um, Kim Possible on the Kim Possible series. So she's going to be hosting it, which is really just like interesting to me. All, all these people are coming out with cooking shows, right? Like it's like, what did you do during quarantine? We all came up with this idea to do cooking shows. It's going to air on uh, Hulu and Fox's YouTube channel. This is specifically being done for YouTube. They apparently mm. they have started this Fox's um what let me get this Taste of Fox. Oh. So they're going to be doing these like food specials on their YouTube channel. And that's what this is specifically for. I don't want to eat a fox. No. I'm just saying. I don't I don't want to do it. But, but it's always interesting though because I mean we're talking about the streaming services and everything, but YouTube's up there. I mean, YouTube Premium didn't go over too well. I mean, obviously we saw that with Cobra Kai moving to Netflix, but all these content creators can put their stuff on their own specific YouTube channel, and people will tune in. Yeah, I feel like these little short digital hits are, like, exactly what YouTube needs. Yeah. Uh, clearly, like you said, nobody wanted to see the long-form stuff, but yeah. these short little – and who knows how long these segments will be. Maybe, yeah, like, eight-minute cooking segment, whatever. But we should say that there's going to be guests and some other stuff from MasterChef and Hell's Kitchen That's and stuff cool. like that involved with it, too. So the other Fox cooking shows, so – I hope Gordon Ramsay shows up. Oh, yeah. And just rips Kim Possible apart. What the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) Is this naked mole rat? What the fuck? You're not supposed to cook naked mole rat. Like, I don't know. That's my friend. (laughs) That's Rufus. What are you doing? Oh, my goodness. That went woo. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, But this next one's interesting. Lionsgate has sold uh, domestic right to uh, Sarah Paulson's thriller, Run, to stream on uh, Hulu, specifically. Uh, The film has been set for May 8th, but, I mean, everybody knows with the pandemic going on everybody was trying to figure out what to do with their films so i'm happy to see because we're getting a lot of like news about amazon getting all these vod shit and i mean netflix got some but i'm happy to see that hulu is also getting some because in my opinion i think hulu is doing the best out of all of the streaming services right now yeah and it's interesting because disney was selling off a lot of fox films that were complete in fact we talk about that a little later in the industry news up so the fact that they were selling so many completed films off it's nice, like you said, to see them actually get one exactly. and, and put it on Hulu. And who doesn't love Sarah Paulson? Yeah, right. I mean, have you guys seen that Ratchet? For like, <laughs> this woman knows horror, okay? Yeah. American Horror Story and then Ratchet. And so if this is a horror film and it's Sarah Paulson, it's going to do I'm huge I'm so on Hulu. excited yeah. about that series, man. <laughs> oh, it looks man. fucking crazy. Me too. It makes, makes me want to go back and watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Right. Nest. I mean, Danny DeVito, Michael Douglas. Did you know? Did you know Michael Douglas like produced that? Oh, show? Yeah. no, had no idea. Yeah, yeah, won an Oscar for it. Oh uh, damn! Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, Low knowledge. Yeah. Oh my! Damn, right. that's what we're here for. That's, <laughs> that's what we're here right. for. Uh, going over to the mouse or the bunny, not the mm, mouse house. Yep, uh, yep, the, the bunny. bunny. Uh, Warner Media CEO Jason Killaw, um, sure, uh, has consolidated oversight of all films, TV, and streaming under one banner. Yes, under Anna Sarnoff's control at Warner Brothers. Yeah. Like, remember how she was brought in to take Warner Brothers pictures? Yeah, but Well, now, now she's boom. like, it's all, all the content will be under Warner Brothers, period. If it's film, if it's television, if it's digital, doesn't it's all under Warner Brothers and it's all under Anna Sarnoff. Which I mean, I love this move. I love this move. You know, 
Um, he was brought in for a reason, and yeah. that was to clean house, consolidate, do what he had to do to get shit back in order. Yeah. Because, I mean, Warner Media was kind of like – There was a lot. There was a lot of different branches. It was definitely like a fucking 18-leg octopus or some shit. It like, was. There was so many fucking branches. And we talked about it. When AT&T first bought it over, I mean, there were people in charge of the entertainment divisions that had no business running entertainment yeah. divisions. Hence, John Kyler being brought in. And now he's, he's, he's bringing people in that know what they're doing. And he's bringing people in that know how to uh, how to manage entertainment. Yeah. And uh, while this sucks, though, because apparently, you know, a lot of layoffs are, are, are going to be happening. Um, so I, I don't even know. The yeah. restructuring uh, also includes an expanded responsibility for HBO Max as Andy Forsell, yeah. who's now going to be leading a newly created HBO Max operating business. And HBO's Casey Bloss, who will oversee original content for HBO Max and all of its linear television sh- uh, networks like TNT, TBS, True TV, they're all going to report to Sarnoff. See, I'm excited, but I'm also worried because that's a lot of responsibility. And I mean, I just I don't want to feel like one of the one of the things are lacking because they're focusing so heavily on another one. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I and and she's a student of. So, you know, she's coming from that area like like very much like Alan Horn at Disney. Yeah. Right? She she's worked in the past and and so Alan, you know, he's Walt Disney Studios, right? And then you have all these other like Lucasfilm and Marvel and Pixar that all fall under Alan. And so he's the one in charge of all that, but then they all do their thing. I'm hoping that's what Sarnoff does. Yeah. I'm hoping that she's like, okay, I'm in charge of all this, but I'm going to get my lieutenants lined up. Exactly. And they're going to like do what they need to do to exactly. keep these things. So I'm hoping that's the way it goes. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, massive layoffs have begun at Warner Media. I mean, some huge, huge number of people. Uh, just this past week, 650 people and uh, at Warner Brothers. Yep. And then HBO is expecting to cut at least 150 to 175 yeah. people. Yeah. And the bleeding didn't stop there. Like Logan said at the top of the show, what's it all mean for DC? Because as you guys know, Warner Media owns DC Comics. Exactly. Well, they also took a major blow from the layoffs. Uh, Editor-in-Chief Bob Harris and several other editors out of there. Gone. Gone. See you later. Jim Lee was removed from his publishing role. He's no longer going to be coined publisher of DC Comics, but he is going to remain on as the uh, DC's creative officer. Um, and whew, I don't know what that means. DC Universe also saw some layoffs. Um, so, and we talk about this every week, it seems like. Will DC Universe survive even after right. all this? Or is it just going to be they're going to take all their content and put it on HBO Max? Yeah. Uh, which is what we think is going to happen. But um, So Jim Lee, I like Jim Lee. He's been around a long time, both in Marvel and DC, and he's been at DC for a while now. So if he's chief creative officer and he's like going to be the guy that kind of oversees all of the film and television DC properties, yeah. that would be cool. Yeah. Um, what it means for the comics, I don't know. We heard that they were talking about bringing in an EA Sports guy yeah. to run DC. Which would be really weird. Like, what? Uh, yeah. Why like, would you, unless he's a comic geek, yeah, why? Unless he has the knowledge that is necessary to help move these forward. But yeah, I think uh, taking away one of Lee's titles was probably just something to save on money. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that screams that to me. Uh, yeah. Like, so, I mean, it's very interesting to see how all of these things are playing out. Like, 
We have faith in Warner Media, but we've said countless times they need to get their shit together, and I think they're trying to get their shit together. They so. are, and then it's the timing is just weird for yeah. DC. We yeah. know we know they're making a consolidated move for the streamers, yeah. well, but the timing to lay off people at DC right before their huge DC fandom, yeah, right, that's coming up right around the corner on the twenty second, exactly. right? It's like they skipped Comic Con, they did all these things because they were coming out with this huge thing, and. That's the time you pick to right. like lay off some people at DC. I don't know, yeah. but you know, super interesting, man. Super interesting, and I mean this. I mean DC fandom is going to be really interesting because I mean it's supposed to be like a huge fucking thing that's supposed to take place on place on uh, August twenty second. Yep, and I mean it's going to take place on. Uh, DC's Twitter, YouTube, basically everywhere, right? Yeah, it's like this online thing, and you sign up for it, and it's like Watchverse, and all of the different halls and different exhibitions, and there's going to be four or five different places online that if you go to the main site, yeah. DC Universe Fandom, uh, then you can link to all these different places mm. or whatever. So it's going to be really interesting. It's 24-hour th- deal. That's crazy. Uh, it'll be available for 24 hours after it's all over. So if you miss it, if you had to work that day or whatever, you can still have a chance to watch it for 24 hours. But they released the the like, the like guest list, and it was damn near everybody who's ever been involved in a DC yeah, project, right? TV <laughs> and film, are going to be there. And everybody that's about to be in a DC project is going to be there. It's, uh, I think I mean, that's very smart, though, because like we said, I mean, them skipping Comic-Con altogether, that was a huge thing, just like Marvel. So, I mean, they got to bring their A-game and at least have all these panels ready to go, because if they don't, they don't want it. They saw Comic-Con was a bust. Yeah. They don't want their thing to be a bust. Well, it, they're kicking it off at 10 a.m. that day with Wonder Woman. Right. So, like, Gail Dope, Patty bow. Jenkins, all the stars. I mean, that's that's a hell of a way to kick it off. Right. Then you're going to get Shazam. You're going to get Zack Snyder's Justice. Justice League, you're going to get Black Adam. Finally, we're going to see The Rock's Black Adam, something to do with that. And the the, the, the DC Universe TV side, the Arrowverse, yeah. they're all there. Uh, our buddy Riley, guest today, he's going to be there at Fandom. Um, just, I mean, it's going to be unreal. Over 100 hours worth of content packed into this 24-hour time yeah. frame, which is just going to be insane. Yeah, right. I mean, like, comic geeks are going to be like, I, this is the one that they wish they had seen at Comic-Con, which is now going to be like, like huge mm. blown up mm. uh but i mean and no by no surprise with all this information coming out about dc uh fandom and everything like that uh they did announce uh the shazam sequel is apparently set production to begin of spring 2021 yes and they're trying to keep to that release date of november 4th of 2022 yep so i'm excited about that hopefully that has more to do with the family I, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that's what it looked like. And and the big question is, is will Cavill's Superman appear? Right. Remember, he supposedly he signed it, yeah. yeah, for like these cameos or whatever and all that. And then the only other thing I'm looking for for uh, DC fandom is will there be a throwdown with Jeff Johns and, and, and Fisher? Right. Uh, because... I mean, you. I, I guess Jeff Johns. You either love him or hate him. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody praises him on the TV side, but yeah. boy, on the film side, they they don't like him. No, not so, at all. I don't know. That we'll be keeping an eye on that. We're gonna t- we're gonna take a look at that. And just kind of. Hell yeah! I know you're excited about this next one because you're a huge George Carlin fan. Yes. Judd Apatow, just an epic creator in himself, he is teaming up with HBO on a two part documentary about the late George Carlin. 
George Carlin, it's insane. in my opinion, may be hands down the single best comedian ever. Yeah. I know that's a, a, a bold statement. It Robin is. Williams is right there. Robin Williams is right there. But the clarity and the, and the foresight to which George Carlin had, if you go back and watch his old stuff, even all the way back to like the 60s on, that man was calling shit that is happening today. <laughs> he knew what was going down, okay? He called the whole pandemic shit. He called, I mean, just like, Everything, it was just so there. And it's the immortal rat shit, bat shit, dirty old twat, 69 assholes tied in a knot, hooray, lizard shit, fuck. <laughs> How is that not epic? Or, or like, like the things you can't say on television, the, the five words you can't say on television, and, and just the hippy-dippy weatherman and just so much stuff. This documentary is going to be epic. Yeah, I'm super excited about it and especially like to learn more about him. And this is crazy. From The Tonight Show, he's appeared on The Tonight Show a hundred more than a hundred and thirty oh, times. Yeah, that's like, fucking insane. It's just brilliant. The man was insanely brilliant. Yeah, honestly, if you guys aren't familiar with it, go back, watch some of his comedy routines, and then tune in for this documentary because it's gonna kick ass. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, oh, the only O that matters, guys. That's right. Has been cast in an HBO's adaptation of Tanishi Tanishi uh, <laughs> Coates Between the World and Me uh, has cast Angela Bassett, Oprah Winfrey, Black Lives Matter founder uh, Alicia Garcia, and Joe Morton, and so many others right? to uh, star in this thing. Oh my gosh, Felicia Rashad? Yeah. I, I mean, Courtney B. Vance? Fine. I know, this is oh, star pack. And Beth! And Beth. Susan Kalashiwan. Yeah, yeah, Watson. She's going to be there. So, yeah. Woo. Yeah. Shit. Let's bring us some power together right there. Exactly. Now, this was a stage show originally uh, at the Apollo Theater. Mm. So, and I guess it's going to be that kind of same way. These people are going to be reading stuff, uh, little quotes or, or sections from Coates' book. And, you know, they're going to be incorporating some songs and, and stuff and f- live footage from the documentary that was shot about that's this. Awesome. So, yeah, that's going to be epic. Yeah. Man. And I mean, it's going to be a huge, like, historical piece and like uh, a teaching piece as well for right. I mean we talk about that all the time how like we just need to lend a hand and teach people sometimes even in the form of entertainment because that seems to be the most like valuable watched way right now so I mean if you put it in entertainment people are gonna watch it yeah yeah I mean especially when you're stuck at home yeah I mean that's how you get your message out right exactly now, sure, exactly so. well now going over to Viacom CBS this next one's Pretty interesting. Uh, CBS's NCIS and NCIS Los Angeles have been assigned tentative dates to start production on their upcoming season. My mom is thrilled about this. Yeah. Like, are you guys missing NCIS? She is. She's she like is. Jones and so <laughs> the idea that they're starting to film again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's excited about it. Of course, they're going to be under, like, strict COVID-19 uh, protocols and yep. all that shit. So, yep. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are excited. So. so, what, September 9th for NCIS and September 3rd for NCIS? That's what they say. Also, yeah, yeah. That's what they say. And then also Bull and Magnum PI, I guess. Bull shot in New York and Magnum in Hawaii. They're supposed to be starting a shoot again, too, but they haven't announced dates for those yet. But apparently also sometime in September. So, I don't know. Bull you could just keep uh, off be fine be fine if that was not coming back yeah you know you, you know. know you know cbs is also doing some very questionable things uh, cbs viacom i should say <laughs> viacom cbs whatever the fuck they're called uh, 
SpongeBob SquarePants spinoff centered around SpongeBob's best friend Patrick Star is in the works what? at Nickelodeon. Uh, what is yeah. Patrick Star gonna do without SpongeBob? This makes no sense to me. Uh, Bill, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, whoever p- voices Patrick Star is gonna be back to voice the character for this series, and it'll be a deep dive on Patrick and his family as friendly starfish host uh, a talk show. Oh. Yeah, oh, that's interesting, interesting right? Yeah. Patrick hosting a, a talk show. Yeah, I I, I don't even know. I don't uh, even. Bill Faberbach, uh, by the way. Faberbach. <laughs> yes, yes. You guys might remember him. Of course, he's you know the voice was undeniably unmistakable when you first heard Patrick. It's Dauber from Coach. Mm. Remember the beloved you know big tall blonde guy that was kind of a little slow on Coach, the assistant coach. That's him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, this is interesting. Like, I mean, is SpongeBob going to make an appearance as like a guest on a TV show, or like, I don't know, man. Can 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 like a SpongeBob series without SpongeBob float? I know that's that's what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. Like, I, I, like, I feel like they're beating a dead horse, man. Come up with new content. And then then what? They've got the other one too, the Camp Coral. So there's like another prequel. Yeah, like like, what? Very very interesting, man. Very interesting. Uh, NBC Universal going through some shit this week. They are. Oh man, they have removed Entertainment Chairman. And I'm Paul Delegi uh, amid. <laughs> That's right. That's, that's Is right. it? Yeah, Telegdi. Telegdi. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that guy. Yeah. Douchebag. That's right. Uh, amid pending investigations into claims of workplace harassment, the company has also announced uh, a sweeping change of its leadership ranks across all of NBC properties and cable networks. So. The same thing. It's uh, they're all moving towards that consolidation towards the streaming. Yeah, it's all about the streaming. But good, I, you, you Telegdi. I mean, I don't know work workplace harassment if it's true or not. We have no idea to know that, and we're just going to follow that story and everything. But what we do know is that you didn't save Council of Dads. Yeah, so fuck. So you, you know, <laughs> no no heart loss there. I mean, I'm sorry. Just like boop, we're okay with that. Deuces, deuces. <laughs> Um, Is that how we should base it? It's yeah. like, well, look, maybe you were a nice guy, maybe you weren't, but you didn't save counsel. So exactly, uh, not know. sad about it. Not sad. <laughs> uh, oh, some exciting stuff. Will and Jada Pinkett Smith, Here it is. Uh, Westbrook Studios, and Universal Television are teaming up with filmmaker Morgan Cooper uh, to make a dark reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It'll be an hour-long base series yes. uh, on obviously the popular show, and I'm really interested because I going back and after this thing was announced and watching the uh trailer like so much deep shit that like just didn't get touched on for the fresh prince of bel-air because like you said it was supposed to be a comedy of course there was deep parts in it Mm -hmm. but it could have so easily been a drama and now it's gonna be yeah and i mean i mean i i hadn't seen or heard the trailer before so yeah when i read that story i watched that trailer and i I was just blown away yeah man i mean that trailer is intense and it makes sense you know because oh the theme song you know he's getting roughed up every day on the playground and you know and everything but if you watch this trailer he's like what would happen if you were on the wrong side of the tracks right you're from philly and you're getting beat up at the playground every day you carry a gun. Exactly. Will's carrying a gun and gets arrested in this trailer. And that that's the like the kind of storyline that they're gonna be delving into, exactly. you know? And uh yeah, it just looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm super excited. If you're man, gonna do a reboot, pumped. this is the way to do and it. And then plus so. on top of that, like uh there seems to be tension between his cousins and him. Like, I mean, yeah. Carlton's not as welcoming as he was in no. freaking Fresh Prince. So. Or or Uncle Phil. No, yeah. Uncle Phil's like, I'm, I'm not law. your uncle. I'm the law. There yeah. ain't no 
Butler here to take care of you. So no Jeffrey. Yeah, right. Jeff- we need <laughs> just, Jeffrey. You know, we need like, Jeffrey. Like, what oh, the no, hell? Right. I mean, uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I, I just, I re- we're hoping to kind of get the creator of the uh, the viral video that launched all this. Yeah. Right? So stay tuned for that. We're hoping to try to get him on the show. Um, I'm excited. We'll, we'll just keep following that one for agreed, sure. Agreed. Agreed. And Seth MacFarlane has been you're pumped. hugely, yes. hugely busy since he made that deal with NBC Universal, leaving his longtime affiliate with Fox after the Disney merger, which yep, makes yep. sense. Um, but he is developing a limited series called The Wind of War, based yes. on Herman York's uh, novel Wind of War and War and Remittance. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> it's been described as a telling epic story of one American family's voyage across the continents and across uh, the years spanning of the Second World War. Yeah, that's deep that's for Seth MacFarlane, deep right? As fuck, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, what? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited because I mean, everybody associates him with just like comedy and animation and, animation and, and like, like yeah. his uh, like his homage to Star Trek. Uh, so I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm super excited to see this new approach from him. So, uh, he's, me brilliant. Too. he's brilliant he's uh, brilliant and rightfully so now we're gonna get to see it because i'm sure this guy can do drama oh yeah you know i mean it, you, you you can't be that brilliant and not pull it off exactly so mm, milo milo's long in development show is finally gonna see light finally finally this man that's right so good nbc has put into development general's row apparently this is gonna be a military drama from writer jason wilborn Council of Dads. Council of fucking Dads. Yeah, yeah, because he needed something to do now. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia and Russ Cundiff's company, Divide Pictures. Um, so, yeah, it revolves around, I guess, a, a trailblazing female general who ends up on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Mm, that's awesome. So that's going to be badass, yeah, right? Yeah, and I feel like uh, we need more military content, I feel like, because I feel like sometimes they fall on either side of the aisle where you're like you don't really support the military or like you're full force supporting the military but if we get more backstory and like have entertainment content because that's the only like we said earlier that's the only way sometimes people pay attention so if we can put ourselves in these soldiers shoes or in these commander's shoes we can see where they're coming from and kind of identify and relate to the stories that they're going through exactly and especially this one looks like maybe she's a mother and a wife and so she's trying to deal with the balancing of of motherhood and and being a wife and family and then the responsibility of being a joint chief, yeah, at, at going down in the Pentagon. It looks like it's going to address that, and that, I mean that's going to be epic. It, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. Super excited. Well, you guys know that I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, that's my new rap. Um, <laughs> but uh, he just signed another first look deal, guys. That's Everybody right. Everybody knows he signed the um, the first look deal for television with Apple. Yep. And now he signed a first look television with. Our first look uh, film deal with Sony. So I, it really looks like in the next couple of years, this man is going to take a step back and focus more on behind the camera. Because what – I mean – what if Scorsese's just been grooming him the whole time to be the next like big film director? I mean, it could possibly be, and and it's a smart move to to affiliate yourself with a studio that's long been in your corner. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Exactly. Sony Film. Um. So it only makes sense. And then he, I mean, he kind of did the same thing with Apple. I mean, remember Apple w- was the uh, exhibitor that released his documentaries that he's been working yeah. on. So it only made sense that he did the television deal there. So yeah. 
I agree with you, though. I think Leo's moving behind the camera. Well, remember, he's producing with Millie Bobby Brown. And, yeah. like, I mean, there's so many different things that he's doing in projects that, I mean, boy, Millie Bobby, right? Uh, she's I mean, everywhere. Leo and Jason Bateman and, I like, know. all these people that she's going to be working with. Jeez, man. Yeah, she's a freaking huge up-and-comer. Like, yeah. she might be the youngest director ever. I mean, calling it now, calling it here first. And, and, and she may be the protege that, like, Leo was to Scorsese. That'd be badass. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Continuing We're getting it. deep, right? Yeah. Now. Seriously. <laughs> but I, this next thing was super exciting, and I really wish we could have attended, but it's already sold out. It's already sold out. Um, uh, Sony's Pictures will be hosting a high-end dual big-screen drive-in experience in its Culver City, California lot. I'm yeah. so super. It's Starting historical, today. guys. It's I mean, historical. Today. But you can't go. No. Because it's sold, sold out. out. And it's on the Irving Thalberg parking lot. Irving Thalberg, the golden boy, the wonder boy. The, yeah, I mean, just... And did you see the films that they're going to be doing here? Like Baby Driver, Bad Boys for Life, Bloodshot, Ghostbusters, Jumanji, Men in Black, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Spider-Man Home. Who wouldn't want to go see all these films? I mean, you've been cooped up inside all this time. Now you say you can go to a drive-in and see those films? Exactly. (sighs) Huge, man. Man. That's so fucking huge. Sold out. So sad. <laughs> so if you didn't get your tickets, you can't go see them. But right, you know. exactly, exactly. Well, it looks like Netflix has been making a lot of headway with uh, the upcoming um, phase, I should say, because this story definitely goes in phases. Mm. Uh, Crown phase. Uh, British actor Jonathan Price has been cast to play the Queen's husband, Prince Philip, in the fifth and sixth season of The Crown. And yes. I mean, we all know that he just came off of uh, the Two Popes yep. uh, Netflix film. So. Yep. Uh, apparently he likes this royal stuff right you know and 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 um netflix likes him <laughs> right <laughs> i mean but I, I like this i mean you know he's a solid actor i think he'll bring some some yeah. genuine oomph to the to the role of philip and um you know there was a little bit back and forth like much in the first two seasons with the young philip who was kind of antsy and back and forth with elizabeth yeah towards the end there in the 80s when elizabeth started maybe doing some stuff that wasn't so likable by 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 the people you know concerning diana and stuff philip got a little ugly yeah so um this only makes sense that you would kind of bring that gravita to the role again right exactly exactly and i mean speaking of diana this (laughs) this is really interesting and i don't understand how this is even happening but apparently diana is going to be a musical yes based on the whales princess uh, yes. okay all right it's going to premiere on netflix uh, ahead of its opening on broadway mm-hmm. uh, so you can see it there first and yeah i i guess i don't I, I, this yeah. is weird it is weird I I mean, yeah i'm just i'm confused by this it was supposed to be debuting on broadway in march but that didn't happen and apparently now you know if you guys didn't know broadway here in the u.s is not opening the rest of this year it'll yeah. be 2021 before so they wanted people to see this so you know netflix worked out this kind of a day and they're gonna see it on netflix this is actually the first time ever that a broadway show it's not the first time that a broadway show has been debuted on like a different platform hamilton for existence yeah. or but this is the first time in history that a broadway show will debut before the people on a platform before it debuts live on broadway right so this this is crazy yeah it's it's pretty interesting like i'm kind of i think this is Obviously, a direct response to Hamilton. Disney oh, yeah. Plus, but, oh, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting way to do it because, like you said, like there was a huge amount of time, like four years before it hit Disney Plus, that people could go see it. Mm-hmm. So now, like, 
with nobody actually seeing it first, like in person, and then releasing on the streaming service, that's a it's an interesting thing. I don't I don't know. It is. I don't know how that how well that's gonna do. It might help the theatrical performance if, uh, live action, or it might like hurt it. Like if people don't like it on Netflix, people aren't gonna go see it in the or like in the theater. So I'm just not sure. I I, I need a Diana the musical. Oh yeah, the story yeah, is mean, by far <laughs> like I I don't need to see it. It's but. a pretty tragic story when you yeah. really think about it. A woman forced into a marriage she didn't want to be in, and then it inevitably dies from it. Like at the end, I just I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be a tragic. Story. It, dude, it's it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Um, this next one kind of sucks because I was looking forward to it and I was going back and watching the original series, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender creators michael dente and uh oh that's a lot yeah DiMartino. yeah and uh, brian there uh, <laughs> are no longer involved with the planned live action adaptation series at netflix uh it says the series is still moving forward uh at netflix with nickelodeon but i'm i'm a little worried about it just because like those are your guys right there. Yeah. Those are, those are yeah. the creators. So. And apparently there was some some sort of a throwdown. Yeah. Uh, creative differences yeah, or whatever the like. cause was. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's always risky when you move forward with some content and the creators. Remember the last few seasons of Gilmore Girls when, when the Palandinos weren't there? Yeah. that I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. Like, when the creators step away, it's then, just not the same. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, don't I feel know. like they're probably – their worry was they didn't want to have another M. Night Shyamalan. Milan catastrophe mm-hmm. with that one because that one was pretty rough. Uh, but it was <laughs> still like this. I feel like this series found new light. I mean, it's been like ten years since this thing debuted on Nickelodeon originally, uh, but now like it being on CBS All Access and Netflix, people can go back and watch it again, and people are really loving it. So yeah. it kind of, and people are excited about this live action version of it. So it sucks. It sucks, but I hope they do it right. I hope they do it right. I hope so too. Yeah, it's it's interesting, man. It's oh, interesting. And here we go. This is what we were talking about earlier with Disney. Netflix has bought a trilogy of Fear Street movies based on the R.L. Stein horror series. Yeah. Um, from Disney, they bought them from Disney. These apparently were f- completed films under the Fox label. Um, and Disney, I guess, didn't want to move forward with them. And the former head of the Fox division that made these films signed a deal with Netflix. Mm. So I guess Disney just figured, okay, well, let's just sell them off, give them yeah. back to them. So um, there you go. Disney absorbed the Fox feature assets um, after the merger, and they've been selling them off left and right. Yeah. I mean, so um, Netflix is the benefactor. It's really interesting because like, when you think about old Hollywood and – new Hollywood streaming, Netflix and Disney are the ones you think about. They're Mm -hmm. the ones that are competing Mm -hmm. the most. So for them to like kind of work together for a project or at least to get a project seen is kind of weird to me, honestly, because like I said, they pay attention to each other. They do. Like they, 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 uh, it's a chess match between the two of them. I think like whichever, whenever one makes a move, the other one kind of contemplates and goes, okay, well we're going to do this and that. And they continuously keep cherry picking people, everybody's people. So yeah. Cause um, I mean, thinking about old Hollywood and things like that, like old studio systems, I should say, uh, I mean, of course you, think about disney and warner media but i think warner media is so focused on just trying to figure their shit out right Mm -hmm. now that they're not even trying to compete which is good which is good we've told them not to so they're obviously listening Mm. um but right now with everything evolving around streaming like 
yeah, these two are the huge juggernauts that I feel like are battling it out. And like without I said, doubt, you know, uh, just to to kind of like clarify that Hamilton had more people tune in and watch it than all of Netflix's original programming exactly. in that month. Exactly. All combined, more people watched Hamilton that month when it debuted. So there you go. I mean, that, that that's a constant battle. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I know. It's really interesting. Really interesting. Whoa. Amazon has faith in uh, Jason Bloomhouse. Yes. Uh, Bloom, I should say. <laughs> but they've given Bloomhouse Productions uh, four brand new horror movies set to premiere on Amazon Prime in the fall. Yeah. Damn. Like, Four. I mean, this man hasn't been doing pretty well recently. I mean, his theatrical releases kind of sucked. I'm not, I, I I'm mean, not really, lie. he's had like one in the last several that have uh, – Invisible Man did okay uh, with Elizabeth Moss. But I think it only did well because the pandemic kind of gave it an extra – VOD. You know, so uh, would have it done well in the theaters? What I, I don't know. Right. But, but maybe, maybe this is why – maybe he realized that streaming is where he should target now. Mm. Maybe that's why he – made this deal with amazon well remember so. i mean he's behind the next halloween thing and that got delayed yeah so i mean we're not gonna see that you know but it's it, it, like four in, in like you said in, coming up and then four more in october so like Damn. eight total like horror films coming out from yeah. Bloomhouse for amazon all right let's see what you got man you still got it you still got that magic right i mean right and we all still i feel like horror definitely we all i mean there's a lot of comedy and a lot of like uh drama right now but we there's not a lot of good horror and i mean there for a while you were that guy he was be be that guy be that guy so let's let's scare the shit out of us please i want to shit myself (laughs) like that's all i'm asking for that's all I'm asking for. Like, I just want to be in a theater and shit myself. Okay, all right. <laughs> and and then all the theaters closed again. Yeah, it's like you know, yeah, you know, no mask is helping that. No, it's, like, no. it's not. <laughs> it's really not, especially when you take laxatives. Oh my gosh! All right, oh my, Apple. All right, Apple. Um, this, see, this is what we were talking about. I mean, see, we're steady predicting this shit, guys. It's true. Apple apparently has set up a team uh, deal with Viacom CBS, and it's going to be the first bundle tied to uh, Apple TV Plus, which will offer a steep uh, discount amount for customers to buy into CBS All Access and Showtime. Yeah, this is this is a sweet deal because if you guys already have Apple TV Plus, which we do, it's four ninety nine a month, right? Yeah. And we already have CBS All Access, right, which is nine ninety nine a month. We don't have Showtime uh, streaming. That's ten ninety nine a month. But basically, with this bundle deal, you're gonna get all three for the price of two. It's basically like Showtime is free. Yeah. So basically. I mean, that's that, if you're already paying for Apple TV and CBS All Access, why would you not sign up for this bundle and get the third one thrown in there for the same price? Exactly. Like I mean, it's it's gonna it's such a smart move, and apparently they're trying to work these type bundle deals with other streamers. So man, it's so smart. Apple is so smart. Even when like they don't, like, we talked about it. I mean, Apple doesn't have a lot of original content right now, but they're making deals like this, and this is how you're going to change the game and definitely cut the cord and the network. So this is how you do it. Without doubt, we were, we were talking about having Roku maybe kind of do it, but the premise is just to be able to go to one spot where all your streamers are and be able to have access to all of your shows on all the streamers exactly. for like one monthly price. Yeah. And I feel like 
Apple's on its way. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, Apple has figured that out as well, so they must be listening also. They exactly. Um, <laughs> they're all freaking listening. Good job, Tim. Thanks. Good job, buddy. Thanks. And I mean, they're making huge ways as well, bringing up Marty Scorsese earlier. Uh, he just signed a first look mm. television and film deal with Apple with his uh, production banner. <laughs> thank you, Netflix. Yeah, thank you, Netflix, <laughs> for making The Irishman, but I'm heading over to Apple. <laughs> I'm going where they got some money. Yeah, like, like, it makes sense, though. It makes sense. I mean, this man is so super creative. And storytellers, storytellers, A24, the Apple and A24 have a thing as well. So, mm, I mm-hmm. mean, that is definitely the indie picture production company right now. So, I mean, it makes sense. He probably wants to work with them, too. Uh, right. And, and now the question is, with the laws changing and everything, will Apple come in and swoop up and buy like one of the major theater chains. Right. You know, because they're sitting on more money cash oh, yeah. than the entire government has. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, like literally cash holdings. You know, the company's worth more than a trillion dollars, and it's literally got hundreds of billions of dollars in cash on hand. They could swoop in, buy AMC, and say, Scorsese, you want to keep them in the theaters? Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Put them on all the AMC screens. We're right. fine. It's, it's okay. It's so, good. yeah, this is interesting. This yeah. is going to be really cool to watch. I know, man. I know. They're doing good things. And, I mean, look, me just talking a little crap about Apple with uh, not having an original series, but apparently <laughs> they have ordered an animated series based on the classic children's book harriet the spy mm. uh so look at that they're definitely especially with the peanuts right now like oh, yeah. uh, charlie brown and everything they are definitely focusing a lot of their streaming content towards children mm. yeah and wow this is a, quite the cast man beanie feldston and jane lynch and Lacey chabert and damn. like damn Okay, right. if you're going to make a move to the animation, this is a good way to do it. I, I mean, see you. Know. I see you. Oh, the series will be set in uh, 1960s New York City. Oh, so it's going straight from the book, not right. even like a remake or kind of no. just like a straight adaptation. Exactly. So. I'm awesome. telling. They're like, fuck it, fuck it. Ooh, oh, this next one, a guys. Lot of, a lot of people are upset. Oh, my gosh. And I'm seeing all over our feeds uh, people like um, holding little town hall meetings to try to address this and kind of like petitions being signed to stop it and just all this kind of stuff. Um, if you guys aren't familiar, if you haven't heard the news and if you're in the industry and you're an actor and you're a working actor, day-to-day jobs, you know, project-to-project this one's tough for you guys. Yeah. Um, in response to projected deficits in the tens of millions of dollars, SAG-AFTRA sent out a memo to its union members saying that it plans to change the health care plan and it would see premiums for members increase and the eligibility rules get real strict, meaning uh. a lot of people aren't going to qualify and a lot of people aren't going to be able to meet those higher premiums. Um, just for example, one of the changes is if you're an actor and you're married and your spouse is not in the industry, not a member of SAG, but they have another job that offers insurance, they won't be allowed to be on your insurance for SAG. They'll have to get it from their other place of employment. That's insane. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to affect a lot of people. Yeah. Um, they, I, mm, I'm not sure this is a, a good move. I mean – the whole contract that was just signed was a heated, you know, contest from yeah. start to finish anyway. The whole last election for the presidency was kind of a heated, debated. Th- there is a lot of turmoil going on within the union to begin with. Oh, yeah. So this type of a move during a pandemic? And, and the response in the memo was basically like they said, well, if you do get kicked off of it and you can't afford it, you should be able to qualify for Obamacare. Mm. 
That's that's the answer. That yeah, that's, that's like the reassuring the pat on the back to your member who's paid their dues all of these years. It's well, you should be able to qualify right. for Obamacare, especially if they've, wow. like you said, been a working actor for like 10, 15 years mm. and have been steady doing this thing. And I mean, that's just crazy man i don't they're not doing some good things right now no no so let's lift it up let's end industry news on <laughs> something really cool did you guys know that there is still a blockbuster video just one just one just one not the one that was in captain marvel no no no, no. just one blockbuster video and apparently airbnb has teamed with them and you can literally have a sleepover in this blockbuster I video I, this is awesome I apparently on august 17th at 1 p.m they're going to open it up you can request to book one night stays from september 18th through the 20th okay and you're allowed to have four guests per household per night and the owner says that you'll have the entire run of the place for four bucks you can book the night for four bucks which is less than what a blockbuster movie used to cost a rent 3.99 uh-huh. yeah so how awesome is that That's and she so said cool. even afterwards even after all the bookings are done or whatever people can still come in and have access because they have like a living room area yeah. in this blockbuster where you can watch old videos and stuff that is so badass exactly i we're going we're yeah, going. yeah, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's book a trip. Let's get out there, spend the night in the last blockbuster, watch some old VHSs. I don't mean that. Exactly. But remember, guys, remember the kind and courtesy thing to do is <laughs> be kind and rewind. Okay? Just be sure to do that. How many times did you go in to rent the next one and get a fee on there? You're like, what the fuck is this? You didn't rewind the last one. Damn it! Stop! Like, ah! oh, and right. then they started making VCRs that automatically rewound right. it when it hit the end. So then if you ha- you had no excuse. Exactly. No t- Exactly. <laughs> nope. No be, fucking excuse. Be kind, rewind. Do that with this podcast. Be kind, rewind. Listen to it again. Exactly. It'll be fantastic. It'll be fantastic. It'll be, awesome. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> but now it is time for our guest segment. We got the run and only Riley Shanahan coming on the podcast. Fuckity fuck, 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 fuck. Oh my goodness. This guy is such a blast to have on every single time we do. He's just a gem, honestly. He deserves so much success, and I'm happy it's happening to him. Oh, me too, man. This guy, and has remained humble through it all. Always, We've known yeah. him for a long time, like four years, almost five years now. He was humble and, and gracious and kind when we met him, and he's humble and gracious kind now. That's the kind of guy this guy is, and like he's fucking awesome. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, guys, here he is. Riley Shanahan, welcome back inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you? Hey, I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me back. It's cool to return. That feels cool, you know? Like, how are you? Oh, dude, we're living the dream, buddy. Living Hell the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, first of all, huge congrats, dude. Like, like Doom Patrol Season 2, man, just up the game. Uh, really, yeah. we were thinking, like, after Season 1, how do you top that? Right. Like, you know, <laughs> but then, boom, Season 2. Like, like it's got to be the most out there, like, out-of-the-box creative stuff on television right now, dude. Yeah, I think so, too. I, it's, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. I think so, too. The writers, Jeremy Carver and all those writers, you know, Shoshana, Shakti, Tom Farrell, like, they all do such incredible work. You get these scripts and you're just like, you think you know. That was my experience. You think you start to understand the rhythm of what they're going to do. Like, okay, then we're going to do something really wacky here and then we're going to go and do that. It's just like, oh, no. 
you just can't predict what they're going to do. At all. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. No, predict, predicting this show is impossible. I mean, it's no. just like it, it's literally like you're tripping on acid the whole time right. you're watching it. It's like I just don't even know. Oh, yeah. It's crazy, man. Like one of the most hilarious things to me is the sex ghost. Like, yeah, like, I, <laughs> like they're everywhere, yeah. and the fact that and they stayed just... around after the episode. It's like crazy. Yeah. And they're just randomly fucking. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, of yeah. <laughs> yeah and i mean yeah oh my gosh dude. yeah we're, we're gonna get into all of that yeah. craziness because but but that's what i really like though you have you have things such as random as fucking ghosts you know and, and you know having sex and then the the deep topics that this season actually dove into man because i i feel like with dorothy's arrival and everything that was going on i mean it gets really deep into mental health and dealing with people's pasts and trying to find you know your place in the world as to who you are based on where yeah. you've come from and all the relationship building. I mean, they like dove deep into the characters this season, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a it's a pleasure to do because it's it, it's funny. Like it's like oh, it's a superhero show, right? Is how you want to describe it, and then you're like, well, not not really. It's like it's a psychological, you know. Uh, comedy drama fantasy right. story about these <laughs> crazy, you know like how do we even begin to talk about it you know on these podcasts for people who don't know it's like yeah like in a sentence you're like um <laughs> yeah it's like how long do you have because i mean right, yeah right. to try to describe it but like we were really impressed with with cliff's storyline this season though because yeah. you know we we kind of touched on it in season one about the relationship with the daughter and, and you know and how it, it basically didn't exist and he was on this mission right. to kind of even just find her right so this yeah. whole season becomes he he feels like he's failed at reconnecting with her but turns out he didn't fail at reconnecting with her um yeah. and you know and then it comes down to niles and 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 the hatred that he's like built i guess now over the over this period of time towards niles for denying him that relationship talk about that a little bit and how that went down man right i mean i always get so nervous when things are going well for your character <laughs> right right, right, right. It just it's just like it's going to go up in order to come down it seems to be a rhythm you know i i couldn't say cuz i'm not a part of whatever's happening over there in that crazy wonderful writers room but yeah i mean it's there's so much hatred for Niles. I think for Cliff discovering, you know, what he did and how it was all intentional and how mm -hmm. he kept his daughter, he kept his life from him. I right. think that for me, a lot of the season with those scenes with Tim, which just side note, it was such a jerk to be able to work with Tim Dalton. He's just such a mensch and such a good actor and a nice guy. Um, and it was just, I got to yell at him a lot, <laughs> but it was great. Cause it was like, it was, but it was like yelling at him, but then I was like, okay, you play different shades of anger or rage towards this person. Right. right. Because it's like, and, and I, I, I sort of likened it to like a flame. So, you know, sometimes it's, he's angry in this kind of like, you know, the orange red flame at the top of like a bonfire. And then sometimes he's got this blue heat mm. for Niles. And he's like, you fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, it was fun. Like really, um, I, you know, probably drank more coffee this season because it was just like, had to be really like, you know, energetic. In Amped season, up, yeah. Like, <laughs> right, you know, with like Dorothy played by Abby, who's such a marvelous addition. Like, uh, it was like, oh, okay. Like that was the whole thing. It's like, okay, so you, you get to have that, and what, what the, what about me? You know, exactly, 
Exactly. And that and and then the dilemma for Cliff, because you know, he, he has such this hatred for Niles now, but he's still Cliff. And so he still feels like this obligation to he can't blame Dorothy. He's gotta take care of Dorothy still because it's not Dorothy's fault. It's Niles, you know. So this this whole dilemma of of trying to do the right thing by Dorothy but still hating her dad, it's it's just the whole storyline was just intense. Yeah, it's a knee jerk to like paternalism for Cliff. Like he just wants to like he you know, yeah, we do the fuck a meter and he curses a lot and he's like a fucking asshole. But like, truthfully, underneath it all, he's such a, I, I think he's so tender um, and really, really gives a shit about these people and still really gives a shit about Niles, too. Yeah. Niles is like his dad. And so there's this thing where it's like, okay, I'm still going to go and try to get this continuum shit for you. You know, in Dr. Time's, like, amazing, you know, yeah. roller rink. <laughs> Dude, like, the sets are just insane. Like, the, the roller rink thing, you know, and, and just, like, when you're shot out into space and shit, and just, like, I mean, everything a, is yeah. just crazy. There's a second, there's a second uh, space shuttle in the garage. Of course there is. Of course. <laughs> of course. That was, that was what I read. I was like, that's the most Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol you can get. Like, Oh, how are we going to follow Abby to space? Or how are we going to follow Dorothy to space? Oh, there's another, I, there's a, you know. Yeah, of course a, there is. A third, not even a second, a third base shuttle. You'll have, definitely, definitely. That's right. That's right. And so yeah. I, are you excited about the direction that it seems to be moving in with the daughter? And I loved the season finale where the dilemma is, you know, mm. look, I just promised I was going to show up. And, and how do I not yeah. show up, you know, at, at the wedding? So um, I love yeah. that they've reconnected, though, and she's kind of accepted him now you know into yeah. that because I, I think that's a great storyline moving forward yeah and i just love working with that actor too bethany is such a delight like she's a you know uh, lives in it and like has a family and it's just like this marvelous person like i don't know how we got her i'm just like yes it was she's like so incredible so every time like she's written in the script i'm like yes you know i get to work with bethany because yes. also for cliff it's so it's satisfying to you know, when he just toured her around and that's what I was talking about when you get good things for the character, you're like, you're like, oh my God, yes. Because you you feel like you are that person. There's a thin barrier sometimes between self and character, right? And so it's like, oh my God, yeah. You know, not that I'm doing um, uh, 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 method acting for this. I had a joke about that. Where I'm like, but, you know, I want to do like a short film, Robot Man, like making fun of myself being like, I'm method acting for this job. Like <laughs> that would be epic. I need you to I, I need you to glue metal on my body. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> but like yeah, seeing and getting to work with her and for the for the character as well, it's just always like such a excitement. You know, but then of course he's showing her around Doom Manor and right. I'm like, this can only go badly. Oh yeah. You know, because it's just it's gonna add insult to injury because he's and then he does not able to, you know, not able to be there for you know, her family or the kid when he like promised, you know, yep. he, he keeps coming back to the doom patrol. Who's really his like family in a lot of ways too, but it's just like, you know, in this really um, contemptful way at this point, I think. Yeah, exactly. I would, and I would have to assume next season we're going to see the baby. So it, it, right. even, even seeing cliff interact with the baby is going to be beyond hilarious. Right. I think. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. I just, 
<laughs> Grandpa what, robot know, man. I mean, am you know. I gonna am I gonna have to hold a baby? What is that gonna be? You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you know, I, it's it's hilarious that you bring that up because I'm I'm wondering if that's not deeply, you know, and maybe maybe it's just the writer in us, but I'm looking at it and it's like, you know, one of his quests this season was to be able to touch, to be able to feel, you know, and right. I, I'm wondering if that's not an underlying storyline is he wants to be able to feel that baby, his grandchild in his hands, you know. Exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think there's a really great form and function thing in there. With again, I'll just shout out L.J. Shannon, the costume designer for these suits. Every time I do one of these podcasts, because I just think like she's just incredible and has designed this amazing suit. But what's so cool about the the form and content relationship for me with it? Not to sound not to sound too or whatever, but like is I can't touch. So right, I, oh, Riley. Yeah. I can't feel, so I get frustrated not being able to feel. So it's like, oh, and there's the character. You know right. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. that's fantastic. So, so I think, I think a lot of times, like something that you're struggling on as an actor, you know, I would just be like, well, is that the character though? Oh, so the you're as the, you as an actor, you're feeling insecure or, or feeling whatever. It's like, oh, what if I just always reflected back, like, what if that's actually the character? And I. I attend it is mm. you know yeah yeah, yeah. i just so, so yeah whatever's happening in you naturally already it's like oh that's that's what it is that's right. what the character that that's you that know? method acting right there that's what that <laughs> right. is <right? laughs> yeah Dude, i just think the 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 performance has been just brilliant this year man it, it it really has to be able to convey everything that you convey strictly through movement you know it is just unreal because there are a lot of times i mean and don't get me wrong everybody i'm sure is as huge a fan as we are of cliffs um <laughs> dialogue if you, <laughs> you know. yes, yes. I mean you know yes. who can't That's love that right that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's the subtle movements sometimes yeah. that that you bring when he's sitting there in silence you know and, yeah. and, and he's and he's staring at something or he's pondering a moment or when he's stuck you know like when he crashes back down to earth and he's stuck and he kind of just finally gets himself up and he's just standing there for a moment the way you're yeah. able to convey that type stuff dude is just brilliant yeah. thanks man thank i really appreciate that i uh Speaking of the language, like dialogue is pretty generous. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the fuck? Fucking, fucking, the fuckity fuck, fuck, you know. Uh, <laughs> fuck is every third word. What I did, though, it was really interesting. Like w- working with um, Cliff this season, I, I some points where, because I, you know, uh, just a little bit about me, I come from uh, the theater. Yes. You know? And so I come from, I come from Shakespeare and I come from classical theater. I come from, that's, that's sort of my home base. Right. And, um, before this, especially. And so I, there was a point in the season when I got frustrated with his lack of verbal acuity. Cause as Riley, I like, like words, man. I really like words. I like, you know, I like, I sound like Donald Trump. I love words. I love, I love it. Using <laughs> the best words. No, but I really love, I love using words to convey you know, a point and a meaning. And with Cliff, it was so like, oh my gosh, like he, he is like probably has the education of like a sophomore in high school. Right. You right. Know? And it's just like, and it, and it shows, but I got frustrated that I, I just like, I started reading Shakespeare in my free time and I was reading Hamlet um, at night, you know, like you do. I sound crazy. Sure. sure. <laughs> um, and uh, no, I was reading Hamlet at night. And I remember working with Chris Dingus, who's uh, one of the executive producers. And then he would talk about Cliff as Hamlet. Mm. And so it was one of these crazy synchronicities where I was like, dude, I'm fucking rereading Hamlet. I'm right. <laughs> some of these speeches in my free times. And I was doing it, not thinking it was related to the work, but like, of course it was, you know? And I was like, because I was frustrated with Cliff's lack of you know, um, language. Right. So I was like kind of going back and forth and then it kind of came up and one of the writers was like, 
yeah, so this is like a Hamlet moment. And I was like, dude, are you in my brain? Right. Like, <laughs> 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 and I wonder if we'll see that 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 evolvement of Cliff. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I do feel like he he he's rediscovered himself a little bit now, and he's kind of come to a place mm-hmm. where you know he's he's got a relationship with the daughter, and he's kind of mad as hell, but accepted what happened to him with Niles, and is kind mm-hmm. of in this new place, you know. So I, you just I feel like he's evolving. Yeah, definitely, de- definitely. I think. And that's another cool thing, again, that like season one, I was learning how to move in that clunky, beautiful suit. Right. And mm-hmm. so was Cliff. So it was this cool convergence of I was learning what to do and how to move. I'm doing it. See me, but I'm doing walk and shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't see me. So why am I doing it? No, but and it was a cool convergence of just like, OK, like I was figuring out what I was doing. And so was the character again with like that being like kind of going uh, in tandem, I guess. Or, or my, my experience with the acting is parallel to the experience of the character. It's fascinating, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a whole new level of method acting. I mean, you're, right. you're like literally learning as the character goes, you go. Right. That, that's amazing. Right, thank you, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what I, and what actors typically do is bounce from gig to gig. You know, it's like three months here, six months here, whatever. You right. know, like bounce around. And so what's this opportunity is to really be able to develop and for me as you kindly pointed out like really be able to develop like a physical mapping mm-hmm. and a physical language for what means what and that that's been that was the real joy of season two for me was like ooh, i can i can keep going you know what i mean right like, they're, allowing, they're allowing me to continue doing this and, and and then i took it as a challenge and an opportunity to like grow in depth with the with his physical like um communication Right, definitely, right. definitely. I, I by far think my favorite scene this whole season was your fight with Jesus. I mean, oh, that was absolute. I thought you were supposed to be all holy and shit, like, <laughs> or peaceful. Like, it's fucking so hilarious. I mean, that's our guest from last week, Joshua McHale, and like your guys's like interaction was just brilliant. Yeah, dude, that was that was so fun to do. It was just like that was again another thing reading along the same lines of like, oh, there's another shuttle. It was like. You know, everyone fights their imaginary. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, Cliff's going to fight Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> right. And nobody saw yeah. that coming. Like, who would have ever thought Cliff's imaginary friend is Jesus? Right. Like, well, right, exactly. It was a total left turn. And Tom Williams, the stunt coordinator, too, I think just did a, a such an incredible job um, doing that. And Jordan Malone, my, the robot man, too, getting lifted through the I'll, – I'll do a decent amount of my own um, – stuff but Jordan does all the stuff on the wires and getting pulled around and he's just oh like I just think they all do such a great job absolutely absolutely if I didn't shout shout them out here uh, yeah I mean the, the the scene just I mean for anybody who who I, I mean, I hate if they haven't seen it, but too bad. Spoilers, but you know, just well, yeah, you know, alert, yeah. we're used to Cliff, right? We're, we're used to Cliff dropping the f bomb every other word right. and being, you know. <laughs> but when you see Jesus cursing back at him, you know, like or whatever he says, titty fuck or whatever the hell he said right, right. there, it just so you you have to stop and go, what am I watching yeah. right now? Like it's just insane, man. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh. I like that one moment I was able to get in a sign of the cross. Thing. Yes. Yes. There's <laughs> something, and I remember yeah. just like signing the cross. I was like, this is, and no one like, and I'll just do stuff until someone tells me to stop. There you go. Right. Stop. So it's like, okay. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Love that. 
Uh, well, and I got to tell you, another one of my favorite scenes, and it's right up there with the Jesus scene, is the Steel and Stone seventies like show stuff, dude. Oh that God. was so unbelievably <laughs> epic. If you're old as dirt like me, and you can appreciate like a Starsky and Hutch, or you know, like yeah. a throwback to that era, that was so yeah. fucking funny, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, and Glenn Winter directed that uh, episode. He directed our pilot, and yeah. so it felt like, and and that, that that's like a like paternal relationship when someone directs a pilot. They come back, and you're like, oh, like yeah. it felt like dad was coming back, you know. And uh, so he came back, and it was so funny because that scene started off in the script as like for like scene forty seven, and it was like a quick montage. It was like two or three things. I'm not kidding. It was very short. Oh wow! And then we started we started doing it, and Glenn started having so much fun that it started becoming forty. A forty seven C forty seven. I'm not kidding. It like it got to forty seven like M or forty seven O. Like Holy we were just we did so many things. And I remember, yeah, Javan just like that was some of the most fun because as you guys know on the show, like a lot of the comedy comes from real circumstance. So it's like right. if it's funny watching it, like that's totally part of the point because it's like real circumstances make the humor and because of these like futile acts of these people going up against brick walls but like for the person experience it like it's it's dismal and, and so like a lot of the show it's like hard to do these heart-wrenching scenes with your daughter or you know it takes this kind of emotional toll so being able to do uh, steel and stone was like so satisfying because it was like fucking charlie chaplin slapstick it was yeah. like such a delight <laughs> oh my gosh dude it, it was it was that i would literally watch that show if they if they were to do a spinoff with that show i would watch it, it i think it would be huge honestly i gotta tell yeah. you we, we were doing it and i remember like javan wade who plays cyborg and i we were just like dude people are gonna lose their shit this is like the best <laughs> this is so <laughs> funny like i remember there was a moment too where like we were about to roll on a take and there was in an ashtray yeah to my dresser jen i was like jen put that cigarette in robot man's mouth like (laughs) and i think i think proudest acting choice ever like i think i'm not prouder of anything (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh man that but yeah you know several of the people that that we've talked to that that, they've been involved with the show they all kind of say that though that the the atmosphere on set is so fun and you know because you guys do deal with some intense storylines and some some stuff that that that's kind of deep like jane this season man just whoo yeah that's some deep dark stuff right there you know dealing with jane but to so to have that brevity and that bit of (laughs) lightheartedness on set i would think is almost necessary right that's right that's right you need it you need and it's it's funny like we're all like friends too you know so we read this stuff and we check in with one another and we're like hey you know let me know right if you need anything you know it really is like a it's truly an ensemble show i would say like there's not like a lead there's like six leads you know and that we all, it's like a relay race you know and sometimes i've got the baton and sometimes jane you know dan has the baton and it's it's uh yeah it's really it, it's cool that everyone's so cool like it's cool that we're all like friends yeah yeah without well it's good that you guys are like that because you know i have a feeling this thing's gonna be around a while so hey that's pretty good (laughs) i mean it was already popular enough on dc universe which was minimal at best that people had now it's on hbo max everybody's got you know so uh, dude i just think this is gonna be around a significant amount of time man hey man that's great that would be that would marvelous it's cool that it's on hbo max now too because it's like it's people are like really watching it now like it seems like it's getting like a uh 
a, a fan base, which is really dope. Well, yeah, and I, what I thought was very interesting was, I mean, DC Universe came out with, like, Titans was supposed to be its big show, but no, Doom Patrol has kind of taken the limelight away from that, and HBO Max was like, no, we'll, we'll take we'll take Doom Patrol first <laughs> over Titans, and I mean, of course, like, most of the shows are going over there now, but yeah, I definitely think Doom Patrol is by far the best DC television show out right now that's not on the arrowverse so yeah yeah without right. doubt without doubt and uh, well, i mean come on titans was epic but they don't have sex ghosts they don't I mean, have <laughs> sex ghosts like, you know yeah, give me some ghosts having like you know fucking in the corner in over in nightwing's pad maybe we'll see but you know yeah they're so random dude they're just like anywhere you know it's just kind of like you know they're over our heads right now doing yeah. doggy style. and position like, friendly yeah yeah, that was the other thing. It's like, you know, if you ever needed to see the Contra Sutra on, like, it's everywhere right there. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Little did we know, Doom Patrol is how to teach people yes. different positions. Like, yes. Oh, <laughs> my gosh, man. Sex positive, very body positive. It's yes. Very good, you know? How y'all kept yeah. a straight face through any of that is beyond me, man, because I just, no. I do not know, man. So many of, of the lines and, and the dialogue this season have just been like, I just I always like when when Cliff delivers, dude. Like when he when he lands back on Earth and he stands up and like, what kind of a person fucking sends somebody to space and leaves them there? Like fuck! And just like right. you know, tiny type of things. Like you know, now, words you would never even think would come out of somebody's mouth, but there it is. You know, this guy's been left in space and crashes back to Earth. Right. <laughs> and putting putting fuck the creativity of where the fuck goes. You know, oh, dude, right? yeah, like, yeah, you've got to be the most creative person ever with the word fuck. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the way you and the writers pull that off is just absolutely brilliant. Well, and then you go back doing it for, you know, a couple months and then you like talk to you know, your family or your mom on the phone and, like, you're just used to cursing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And then you're just like, oh, fuck, I'm a total fucking pirate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. So, what? Well, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on, like, the whole kind of DC universe and, and where it's all kind of headed, man? Because I know I want to talk a little bit, too, you know, because we're super pumped about DC fandom. Um, really looking forward to that. But, like, where it's all kind of going and how they, they, they seem to be keep doing – there there isn't one established universe now. It's like, you know, there there's several different Batmans and there's several different this or that. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know, for one, we'd love to see Doom Patrol pop up somewhere in a feature or or a crossover with the cw shows and stuff what are your thoughts on this whole there's so many different versions type thing yeah i think it's interesting because then they can all be i mean i think it's a really good practical choice because then they can all be self-contained in their own world and they don't have to you know right um like be careful about that kind of thing but yeah like sometimes i'm like oh man like season one episode 11 or something like that when when flip is in the swamp i was like you know Swamp Thing's got to come out. And yeah. Just make a cameo. Like, we got to fly Derek Mears out here for like a day and a half. That's right. You know, and just do a little, just do a little pop up and not even say anything about it because it'd just be like, I just know that, you know, with this kind of world, that's, that's all like these cameos and these kind of Easter eggs are all kind of part of it. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I also saw there were some shakeups at DC Comics recently too. Yep. I think it's like yep. a, like an interesting time for, businesses everywhere trying to figure out you know how to be the most um streamlined and effective but story-wise yeah it's it's definitely interesting because it would be dope to 
play with like, another show and do a crossover and and just like like compare what we think is normal for us and then like you know we'd go right. to titans and be like, well, I what? think the popularity, dude, of, of Crisis on Infinite Earths and, and you know, the, the, the major crossover there with just even the cameo appearances went over so massively well that, that I, I think the, it just opens up so many doors for possibilities for all of these different shows, man. Yeah, that would be dope. And, I mean, I think Doom Patrol's show and I think Legends of Tomorrow, likewise, are shows that could do things with time and space that the viewers would go, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, where where we could we could end up. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not on the writer's team. I'm not a producer. I'm not. So it doesn't have any weight. I'm totally speculating. But it's like, yeah, like that would if Doom Patrol like would end up in another world. I feel like it would be us going to them a little bit because we have some device that sends us to an alternate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, that the, they were dealing with, like, mystical beings and, like, you know, magic and, like, it totally right, fits that right. world, you know, where, yeah, I, I, it's far more likely than seeing them pop up in the Arrow, you know, <laughs> the Arrow world where it's so right, grounded right. in reality, you know. I, yeah, I feel yeah, like exactly. Queen ain't seeing fuck ghosts anywhere. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> right. right. Like, <laughs> right. But, and I feel I feel like if we had a time machine, it would be made out of like a cat's butt or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my god! Maybe it should be in the writers' room. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> hey man, I love those guys. I'm always just like so in the writers' room where they do something called blue skies, which like they just they let themselves. It's all good for a period of time. Uh-huh. It's like it's they they just go. Uh, the writer Tom Farrell, who's become a pal of mine, like. And he just says, like, they can they just have this period where, like, nothing is off the table. And I think that's so cool. Like, and I just feel so proud and happy to be on a show that, like, kind of can do whatever it wants. And they set up like a set up a kind of system for it to do that. I just it's and, and to and to be able to, like, be the kind of show that, you know, expresses what we express about trauma, like the amount of like messages I've received on Instagram from people who are like, hey, Cliff has helped me get through this like hardest time in my life. Mm-hmm. And like that, that gotten so many messages about that. And you're just like, Whoa, dude, like that, if that's not the reason to do something, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I just, like, I it just, you know, I, I'm full, full to the brim of like pride and joy. Like it feels like my baby or something, you know? Well, and that's exactly it. I think that as far out there and crazy and, and, and just like insane these characters are, they're yet still completely relatable. They're so grounded in real world issues and real world problems that you can – you find yourself relating to a guy that's a robot. I mean, you you know, it, it's right. it's crazy to say, but it's true. And I, and I know, you know, a lot of people have reached out to Diane with the with the mental stability and, and you know the split personalities. And so, yeah. for you guys to be able to convey that type of stuff, and and like yeah. you said, what better way to have a platform to help people than some crazy wild show like this to do it yeah. with? It's so much of so much of mental health, like too, in my experience, like it's just like being seen is half the battle. Just mm. being like seen, and I feel like Doom Patrol is a show where we're like, hey we fucking see you and we love you. And like, what if, what a better thing that feels like the core message. I, I like, there's so much on, of course, but that to me, like the core message. Yeah. And Logan and I were literally just talking about this, but, but, you know, b- before the interview about how, you know, in real life, individuals are flawed. You're not perfect. There's no such thing. And I feel like Doom Patrol, these characters emphasize that in ways that, you know, no other show does. These are flawed characters with flawed personalities and flawed lives. And yet 
like you said, they're a family and they're seen and people love them. And, and, you know, and I think that goes a long way in the real world to help people. So totally. Yeah. 100%. Dude, man, it's so awesome that you're seeing this kind of success and that, and that you're just killing it, man. I mean, and mm. in case you hadn't noticed, like anytime anybody references Doom Patrol, they bring you up, bro. I don't know if you um, go and listen to interviews or you talk to people or whatever, but we do. And we talk to a lot of people and they all bring you up about how fantastic it is to work alongside you and, and across from uh, you and what you bring to the role and, and to the show, dude. And we would find that hard to argue, man. Oh, thanks, man. That that means a lot. I, I, I don't necessarily seek that out, but that made me feel good. So maybe I should seek it out. Well, dude, <laughs> I, I just, you know, it's it's... I, we we say it all the time, but we cannot think of a better person for all this success to happen to, dude. You have been, you know, you. it's just it well deserved and well coming for you, man. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. I really, I really appreciate that. And dude, thanks for staying humble, bro. You know, because you- <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we knew you win, bro. And like you know, and now you like, no, I'll come on the show. Still, it's fantastic. It's great. <laughs> of course, look, look. I, 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 I've been with the same wonderful woman for seven years and I probably, I attribute a lot of that to her, I'd imagine. Yeah. Just, just, just staying, you know, like grateful for the, the good things that are happening and the abundant, uh, world that, that, that this job has been able, has been able to create for me, you know? Dude. Yeah. Yep. I, man, I remember doing a self tape for you. Yes. Dave. 2016 dude yeah people <laughs> like, people don't know but you did a little singing in that self-tape you know yeah, yeah with, with a couple other and you got yeah look man i am so bummed <laughs> that the producer on that project <laughs> fell out because yeah. i was like no i want to direct this dude man no, he's so man. badass but oh, we're, we're gonna make it happen dude we are gonna have that happen because and maybe we'll you know we'll pull out that tape somewhere you know, like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. oh man i'm so glad <laughs> yeah, you brought man. that up dude because it was so epic yeah. just you could just see the talent and you were so ambitious i'm like no nah, you think you can sing here let's just like go with it and you're just <laughs> like, like i got it open up dude <laughs> it was so good man. Hey, yeah. man if you're not gonna go for it you gotta go for it oh know? dude i remember i remember because the other young guy in there it was just and this goes to what we were just talking about with what people say about you on set and how you facilitate and how you are the other young guy was so nervous it was like his real first kind of time doing it and you just kind of oh. opened up it's like i'm gonna sing so you sing and we'll just go with this and it'll be okay yeah. you know and this guy just kind of went with it man and i, I feel oh, like man. that kind of generosity for you know that you showed really helped him and just i mean that tape Look. is brilliant <laughs> we go back and watch that's, it we're like that's riley that's fucking robot man right there like, you know oh, i think that's all, that's all part of it man and for for anybody who comes on set like it's it's if you feel seen, if you feel like happy, if I can make you laugh, if I can make you feel like you're here, you're going to do a better job. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, like as much as I, it, it, it's, it's tandem, like for you, it's good for me. It's good for the show. And it's just like, you know, I, I, I've been in that position before where I've come on sets or I've come on things as stars or whatever. And I've just been like, Whoa, you know, and you're nervous and there's a, there's, there's nerve. For sure. Um, and anything to try to like quell that it's like, Come on in. You're part of the family. Let's do it. So yes. I, I try to like make that. And I think everyone does that too. Like on our set, like um, all the leads like are just so sweet. And I feel like 
Yeah, it's a good environment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a better way to end that, man. We're, we're super stoked to watch mm-hmm. DC Fandom, so we're, we're going to be yeah. tuning in hey, for that. Yeah. And just good. open invite, man, like always. Yeah. Anytime you want to come uh, back on and talk, dude, more than welcome. And I think I speak for everybody involved with us that, you know, hopefully down the line we get to work with you, bro. You know, we we most certainly would like to be in a project with you, be involved with you, and, and, and have that happen because we just think you're phenomenal, dude. I'm so happy to, to be back in the crazy ant farm. Yes, well, we're happy to have you, dude. We consider you family, dude. You're honorary crazy aunt, no doubt. Hell yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> like I said, dude, have a have an awesome rest of the day, man. And just like we appreciate you so much. You know, honored to have you as a friend, bro. Hey, likewise, it feels cool to return. So yes. thanks very much for, for having me back. It's cool to check in. We'll do it again. Oh, absolutely, man. Of Season course. three, no telling what we'll find out, right? <laughs> hey, man, here's the hoping. All right, man. Take care, bud. You too. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. See you, brother. So good, bro. So freaking good. I love that's the positivity coming out of his mouth and the generosity. I yeah. mean, really, like this is a guy who, like, it it just seems like no matter what level he reaches, it's like, what can I do for you? Exactly. Well, how can I help you? And it, I mean, just unbelievable. Just yeah. a really good guy. It's man. almost like I know it's always good to meet new people and branch out, and it's all about building contacts. But I always love when we have the return guests come on because we can we know each other's personalities. We can just sit around, shoot the shit, and talk about this specific thing, especially something like Doom Patrol that is so freaking epic right now. Exactly, and 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 beyond, you know, pleasing and, and nice to see that. You know, the first time we talked to him, Doom Patrol was just coming. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, Riley Shanahan is not a uh, household name at that point, yeah, right? but now. now. everybody knows who Riley is. Doom Patrol's this massive hit, and yet you go back and listen to that first interview. You listen to this interview, that's the same guy. Exactly. And, I mean, that's so nice to see when, when – I, I don't know, man. It's just great. It's so good. So good. Thank you again, Riley Shanahan, for coming on the show. Alright guys, now it is time for the top 5 segment and holy shit, Jason, our podcast producer, is making these motherfuckers so damn hard. He is, he ain't making it easy, no, no. no. And I mean, rightfully so, rightfully so, it's supposed to be like top 5 overall, ever, like, but damn, (laughs) man, damn, thank you so much for making this so good, bro, you're doing great, doing great things, but this week it is top 5 cult classics. Mm. Holy shit. Like, it's so hard. This one was tough. It, like, I mean, going back and thinking about it, and I mean, there's multiple movies that have been on other lists of ours, other top five lists of ours. Sure. But, I mean, you know, I'm trying to think about, and for my list anyway, I was, for at least most of them, um, I was trying to think about huge cult standalone movies like mm-hmm. that didn't have, like, uh, sequels or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But like I said... The majority of my list. Um, number five for me is Office Space. Stiebler. I'll burn down this fucking place, Stiebler. <laughs> but, I mean, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Lumbar, fucking Lumbar. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that movie was like – it was basically The Office, the movie. Like, right, it right. was It was so good. It was so good. I mean, so many, like, people that went on to do bigger and better things in that film. And, I mean, not a lot of people watch that one because it's hilarious. It's I, dry as fuck. Like, so yeah. funny. Uh, Gary Cole, just, that's my, maybe the most favorite role I've ever seen him in. Right? He's <laughs> just fantastic in that film. I, I, don't, I don't know how, any other way to say it. I know. Just brilliant, brilliant. Okay, my number five, Mr. Kurt Russell. Escape from New York, mm. Snake. Yes. If you've never seen this movie, 
watch it. It's like a classic 80s, you know, action adventure film, but it is the most twisted out there kind of a thing you will ever see. Um, It's just brilliant. Like you said, I don't know how many people really saw it, but it most definitely has a huge cult file. If you were born or anywhere near or in and around in the 80s, you watched this film. You right. love this film. So, And if you're a Kurt Russell fan, they're constantly talking about a sequel to this thing yeah. or a reboot to this thing. Yeah. But it never kind of happens. So, And I hope it doesn't because that would kill everything as far as its cult status. Yeah, Just exactly. Escape from New York. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. <laughs> um, my number four, taking it back to the 70s, late 70s, The Warriors. Yes. Come out to play. Yes. Such a good one. It is about like. Proud of you. A the, 70s right? film, like, Fucking like gangs of New York, basically. Yes. Like Everybody has their own cliques, and they were just trying to get back to Coney Island. This group of guys, like, they got framed from some shit they didn't do, but it was just so damn good because each one of the gang members are, like, their own individual person that is probably their own individual personality traits that could be found in all of us. Mm. Like, we all have the aggressive side. We all have the quiet side, the thinker. We all have the leader status. We all have, like, the backseat status, and I feel like... All of those different aspects of oneself were shown in this gang of guys. So mm. it was so good, man. So good. And then Rockstar Games did a Warriors video game, which like was so badass. So good. So yes, number four for me, the Warriors. Good. Yeah. I love the explanation. Too. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Number four for me started as a cult classic. Then kind of found some ground, and then when Quentin kind of just took off, it, it, uh, and now everybody has seen it. Everybody. But when it first came out, it was kind of one of those rare, you know, not everybody saw it. Like, you know, if you did see it, you were like questioning, what the fuck is this? What am I watching? Pulp Fiction. Yes. Pulp Fiction. So damn good. Oh, man, the briefcase, the, oh, you know, the dancing, and just like the, the I mean, Bruce Willis, Ving Rhames, like all these insanely awesome people, Uma Thurman, John Travolta, all these like crazy people in this film. It was just epic. Yeah. You know, talk about an out there kind of a storyline where you had no fucking clue. No idea. What was going on. This is like Tarantino at his ultimate like best, like what the fuck. Exactly. You know, um, just brilliant. Yeah, fucking my favorite part about the whole film is fucking Samuel Jackson at the very end. My wallet's the one that says badass motherfucker on <laughs> That's it. Right. Like I I honestly have almost bought badass motherfucker wallets so yes, many times because yes. of this film. But anytime Samuel Jackson is on screen in this movie, it's so damn good. Especially when he's like doing the preaching thing before he kills that guy. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So damn good. But the good. entire conversation about the what they call the quarter pounder with the yeah, royal Allen. Yeah. Like, that whole context of that conversation is worth the film alone. Exactly. Like I, it's just so good, man. So Exactly, exactly. Well, my number three, all right, all right, all right, (laughs) was the first time anybody had ever seen Matthew McConaughey on screen, uh, dazed and confused. So many of these stars went on to do bigger and better things. I mean, this was such a huge cult, like, indie film, especially for, like, uh, stoners. I'm just going to say it. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to say it. But fucking, like, uh, Richard uh, Linklater, um, the fucking director, I mean, he did Slacker and a million and other indie projects like he inspired so many people like 
Kevin Smith to become filmmakers mm-hmm. and do these amazing things. But, like, I mean, you got Jason London, like I said, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Joey Lauren Adams, like, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck was in that motherfucker. A lot of Kevin Smith's peeps. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about it. <laughs> exactly. But this was such a good freaking movie. Um, I grew my hair to be exactly like Randy <laughs> Pink Floyd. Like, I was that motherfucker. But, so, yeah, go if you haven't seen Days and Confused, be sure to go watch that shit. Yeah. Yes, yes. My number three is yet another filmmaker who inspired an entire generation of filmmakers to come up and do their thing. I'm talking about Mr. Sam Raimi. And if you know Sam Raimi, then you know where I'm going with this one. My number three, The Evil Dead. Mm. Bruce Campbell. Groovy, baby. (laughs) I mean, it is the epitome of cult horror movies, okay? I mean, so many movies have tried to spawn off of this and and follow in this kind of a, a, a genre of horror and they've all failed miserably yeah. like like you just what Raimi was able to do with Bruce Campbell and and, and pull off in that film was absolutely and the sequel was good Army of Darkness I mean that you know um and I didn't hate the the new remake with Jane Levy I I, I thought it was kind of good but I just don't think you're ever going to capitalize on what Raimi was able to do with the, I mean, that's just pillow talk. Maybe. I mean, like, uh, there are so many. That's my boomstick. Yeah. So many lines that Bruce Campbell delivered in that film that are like iconic one-liners now that people say relentlessly. Like, I can't even tell you. Right. It, it's one of those films that once you see it, it's with you forever. Yeah. So, uh, Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. Evil Dead. All right, <laughs> my number two. Oh, I mean, I teased it a little bit earlier uh, in the state of the company address, but of course, I have to put. Kevin Smith on this motherfucker. You have to. I mean, of course. So I'm going to the original Clerks. Mm. Oh my goodness. This thing shot for $23,500 on credit card debt. It is like the definition of just saying fuck it and doing what you love to do, becoming a filmmaker. And like this man, the quick stop is like literally a fucking real place that he borrowed from his boss. He worked there and like they shot the whole thing at night basically so that it wouldn't interrupt the business during the daytime. But this film is just so good. And I mean, so many great talents like uh, Jason Mewes and like Brian O'Haran and like uh, Jeff Anderson, like Mm. we're getting exposure in this entertainment world that they definitely deserved and playing fucking hockey on the rooftop like this is such a good movie and filmed in all black and white as well so yes so damn good which is always epic always because kevin smith is a true filmmaker okay black and white baby black and white he's right (laughs) all right my number two i know uh, just send send the comments my way now but i'm gonna say (laughs) the dark knight trilogy was not christian bale's most epic best role okay (laughs) this was american psycho Mm. oh my gosh man american psycho was so badass the epitome of the 80s 80s yuppies hardcore do anything to become rich and successful this guy psychopath just killing people chopping them up i mean just like uh play into the music of huey lewis you know (laughs) just like it was every time i watch it it is so badass reese witherspoon a young reese witherspoon is in there just it's an amazingly epic look at the 80s is is how i view it in giant contextualized over the top you know craziness but 
Uh, and they tried to do like a, a, a remake of that with yeah. Mia Kunis, like a female version. She was apparently a survivor of one of the victims of, of, of mm. the original. Yeah. You can't top American no. Psycho. Come on, Never. man. But it is definitely still a cult film classic. Oh, yeah. Like if you come across it, people – it's one of those films if you – turn it on it's inevitably at a scene where you just can't look away exactly and you're like oh i got i gotta watch exactly this. Like, what the fuck? gotta fucking I mean, finish that yeah. shit but so damn good man so damn good my number one say a lot to my little friend <laughs> fucking scarface <laughs> yes. man this is a huge cold classic gangster film i mean you got al pacino michelle pfeiffer mm. like so many epic people i mean uh, you've noticed with all of these movies, like they have had amazing casts. Yes. Like that's the thing. I mean, that's, I feel like, of course, the story, but uh, when you bring in an amazing cast to beautify, that's a new word, beautify the story, yes. um, it just makes it so damn good. And especially like being an immigrant coming over and like his version of the American dream. And I mean, Al Pacino, who doesn't love Al Pacino? So, I mean, yes, Scarface, fucking cockroach. Like, yes. So damn good, man. <laughs> so damn good. That's a. It's an 80s film as well, 1983. Yes, it is. I'm 70s and 80s. Look at this. Killing I'm rubbing it. off. I'm rubbing off. Killing it. All right. My number one, it's impossible not to have on the list. Right. It's impossible not to be there because it is everybody's cult favorite. Everybody knows it. And if you don't know it, what are you doing? <laughs> it's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hell if yeah. you have not been in a movie theater and done the Rocky Horror Picture Show experience with the toast and all the kind of the props and just being line, it is the most epic thing. It is a rite of passage. If you haven't done it, when we can get back in the theaters, find a theater that is showing the Rocky Horror Picture Show and, and, and just entertain yourself. Go. You're, you'll be so happy. Talk about a cast, right? Susan right. Sarandon, Barry Bostwick, uh, Meatloaf, Curry. I mean, just this movie is epic. It's a musical. So good. It is like the most over the top out there. Like I said, interactive type cult horror musical comedy film i don't even know like like what I, now if i feel like riley was trying to describe doom patrol i like right? i don't exactly. know how to describe <laughs> the rocky horror picture show in one sentence it's yeah. just like everything wrapped and smashed up into one it's, it's so just good. so good man. So, so damn good. good man so damn good what are your top five cult yes. classics man we want to know be sure to comment below if you're watching on youtube or direct message us if you're listening to it on podcast platform messages us on twitter instagram facebook anywhere you have us uh, we definitely want to freaking know um if you're watching this video on youtube thank you so much like and subscribe to all those youtube things and if you're listening on the <laughs> podcast platforms be sure to watch the video on youtube do that be kind and rewind yes. and go back and watch it on youtube it's so good so good and of course shout out to jason for get this guys 24 straight weeks the next twenty four straight weeks, he's got them ready. Yeah, he's got them ready. He, they're in the in in the sling, ready to go, and no repeats. No, like this guy is like on it, so you know. Good. And so, whew, I don't know. Hell this, yeah. it, next week's just tough for him, dude. That's a little. It's a little tease right <laughs> yeah. there. Just wait. It's uh, gonna be a tough one. Goodness though. gracious, man! Great top five <laughs> segment, man. Great top five segment. Now it is time for the box office recap. Yes. Oh man. Uh, Interesting enough, interesting enough, Shia LaBeouf took the crown this week. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited because I really want to watch this film. This man literally got 
real life tattooed the fucking ink for the character right. on his body. Like he's got and, that. And you know what the crazy part is? He's a secondary. Yeah. He he's a supporting he's player. Like, he's not even the star of the film. Yet all the trailers are focused about on him. him. All the all the press is about him, and he's like not even the star of the film. It's so funny. But that that's how good he is. Exactly. That, I mean, it's hey, so. Uh, did you see Peanut Butter Falcon is now on Amazon Prime as well? Yes. So yes. Be, everybody, be sure to check that Kevin out. Kevin Johnson saw it finally. He was just yeah, loved it. Yeah. You know, it's so hard not to love. It's I know, so right? Good. I so know. Good. Uh, but number five is Made in Italy with thirty four thousand. Number four, The Big Ugly with uh, seventy two thousand. Mm. Uh, number three, Peninsula with one hundred nineteen thousand. Number two was The Rental with one hundred twenty four thousand. Yep. And number one was The Tax Collector, Shia LaBeouf's film with three hundred ten thousand. Yes. You know what I'm so excited about? What is that next week? You'll be able to add back in movies that you can come uh, coming out to see. Right? What? Holy shit! Fingers crossed. It's oh, yeah. supposed to be next week. It's supposed to be. Woo! We'll yeah. see. New Mutants and 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 what's the one with uh, Russell Crowe? Right. There's a, yeah, something coming. But uh, like, tune in next week to find out. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. So excited. So excited. But now it is time for IMDb Pro's top trending segment. Mm. Oh man, we love this app. It is the one-stop shop for anything in the entertainment industry. If you're an actor, writer, director, producer, any anything uh, music even if you are trying to break into the entertainment industry this is an app that you definitely it is necessary you need this thing get on there and start tracking your star meter start tracking other people's star meter and get yourself a publicist an agent anything all the contacts are on there like i said one-stop shop best fucking investment ever <laughs> That's a promo, bro. That, that is was a so promo. good. Like, that, that's a promo. The only thing that would make that better is if Riley came on and said, best fucking app ever at the end. Right. Like, like, you know, it's a fucking fuck, fuck. You know, it's just like, I can't, I, we can't stop. We can't stop. We're sorry. Can't We're sorry. stop, man. But interesting <laughs> enough, the top trending film this week was yeah. Knives Out. What? Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. It came back. Yeah. Like, shot, like, we don't know why. Is it making a resurgence in the theater? Is it going to reopen I, in yeah, the theater? That's a good question. I, I don't know. But it's back at the top of the star meter, so. Yeah. A brilliant movie, by the way. Yeah. If you have not seen it, go see it. Chris Evans and, and the gang. It's just awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Ben Affleck's girlfriend. Yeah. Right. She, she got off the motorcycle for long yeah. enough to shoot that film. And got then, it. you know, got back on it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, the top trending TV show is The Umbrella Academy. Still rocking and rolling with yes. season two. So be sure to check that out on Netflix. And the top trending star is uh, uh, Adian? Yep. Aiden uh, Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah. There I have no go. idea who that is. Nope. But we will because all we have to do is go to imdb pro and that's look right. it up exactly exactly <laughs> well thank you guys for getting a little crazy with us on episode 125 of inside the crazy amp we got to thank our guest again riley shanahan for coming on the show and talking a little bit about doom patrol season two be sure to follow him on instagram at riley shanahan uh he's i i think he has a twitter but he's not very active on twitter yeah yeah so follow him on instagram yes follow him on instagram definitely definitely and of course you know you can follow us Anywhere and everywhere, uh, the company at Crazy Ant Media, the podcast at ItCaf Podcast, and us personally, myself, JLo Fantastic, and Crazy Ant Guy, nineteen seventy. That's right. And you know <laughs> you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast: Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbean, and you know you can watch this video on YouTube. You can be sure to like the video, hit that subscribe button, ring, ring the that bell, bell for all those amazing <laughs> updates.
updates that Crazy Ant Media gives you each and every week because we got a lot of shit going on. We got projects happening. We got a new edition of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm, Inside the Crazy Ant Farm behind the scenes. Mm, Excited for that one. Yeah, that we're looking to shoot. So be sure to stay tuned for that. It's going to be more in-depth on certain topics. Mm -hmm. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. And you guys know you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear on our website, crazyantmedia.com. There's like four new merchandise items available right now, so be sure to start rocking them. Uh, somebody finally grabbed a tote bag. I saw that. Yeah. That's yeah, so exciting. I know. Congratulations. Like, I know. You got the first ever bonk tote bag. Yes. I'm so super happy about I that. I mean, the hats and shirts are a given, but like like we were hoping somebody would like find a use for that bag. Exactly. And someone <laughs> did. Exactly. So, are you, is it for school? Right. That'd be awesome, right? Like, are you in one of those areas where you're going back to school and you got you a tote bag? I mean, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But there was so much good stuff. I mean, of course, fucking Riley's interview is always a blast oh to have gosh, him on the show. Man. And I mean, the top five is always so damn fun because we get so personable with that. Yes. Um, but I have to say, I don't know. I don't know. Probably the Star Wars stuff because they're doing – an freaking crazy amount of effort focusing towards like streaming and television and i think that's just a smart move i mean we saw with solo a star wars story that it wasn't necessarily all that great but i mean that in itself is its own cult movie because people Mm, some people mm -hmm. loved it and want a sequel but i mean all the star wars stuff it just makes me so damn happy i mean if you're watching the youtube video you see the funkos oh yeah star wars yeah yeah i i I would agree I, i like the star wars stuff and um yeah, Riley's interview and then tying that into the whole DC universe and the fandom event and all of the stuff that's going down. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff apparently coming out about Matt Reeves' uh, Batman. Mm. Oh, man, the writer released some Shit. stuff this week saying that it's unlike any vision you have ever seen of Batman before. He's young. He's just getting started. He's not good at what he's doing. He's trying to figure it all out. He yeah. said, it's just going to blow you away. So I'm super excited about that. I bet that panel is going to be amazing. Yeah. Um. Just yeah. The possibilities, man. We we say all the time, get your shit together. And now I think they're finally going the right way. They're not trying to copy Marvel anymore. Yeah. They're just trying to do them. Exactly. And and so yeah, I was excited about that. Man. Yeah, they're making ways, man. They're making ways. Um. But of course, I mean, talking about the only other matter because that's just fucking amazing. <laughs> She's a highly underrated actress. Oprah. Oprah!